Okay, y'all, just a little uh, disclaimer here on the front end. Chisholm got back from a, uh, well, a justified pursuit of his own, but he used that to sidetrack me, to derail me from the most important thing of the day, and that is the little old Texas Rangers have swept through the playoffs and are going to the American League Championship Series against the hated Astros. So, uh, yeah. It will be decided on the field. Uh, again, Chisholm, at the time we recorded, the Astros had not clinched their playoff series. The Rangers were the first team, actually, uh, to uh, make it to the ALCS. But it will be a Texas two-step, a showdown of epic proportions as these two teams, who, by the way, do not like each other, uh, and that will only continue to grow the uh, <laughs> resentment between these two squads as they show down for a chance to play in the fall classic. So that being said, go Rangers. The Astros suck. Uh, let's go ahead and roll it here. Episode 143 of Justified Pursuit. You just had to paint the front porch ceiling turquoise. You said that's the way we do it in the South. Claimed it keeps out all the evil spirits Sometimes I can't believe the words Are coming out your mouth But I Howdy everybody, Cable Smith welcoming each and every one of you into episode 143 of Justified Pursuit Riding shotgun as always, the good counselor Chisholm Cook How you doing, buddy? Uh, tired, man Quite tired still From walking the Grand Canyon, walking, walking a long way down, out, and back up. Yes, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I guess I'm kind of always tired these days. We've we've documented this, but I'm particularly tired right now. Yeah, that was the Grand Canyon. I've never been. Rad. It was, it was something. So I think it was very much up in the air. In fact, I believe I said on our last episode I was not going. Um. My beautiful wife, for various very valid reasons, bailed uh, on Tuesday of last week. Not how you described it to me in our phone call. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> no, the reasons were valid. Um, the most recent reasons. Anyway, <clears throat> she bailed on Tuesday, and we were supposed to be there by Wednesday evening. Uh, so sometime between when we recorded and the end of that day, a uh, very good mutual friend of ours was like, you should go and you should go rim to rim with the guys who are doing that. And I was like, you know, you're right. And she's, she understands, uh, uh, my, uh, my character flaws that require me to do hard things. It's actually not, probably not a character flaw. It's something that every human being and particularly every man should be doing on an annual basis. Men are men. Right. We all need big challenges. So, uh, I was not at all prepared. Normally the point of one of these big challenges, and there's actually a book that same guy, good old clay sent me premise of the book is essentially that it, uh, it's like a, basically that men desperately need challenges. You and I speak of this all the time. I'm looking the book up. What's it called? Wild at heart. The comfort crisis. Yeah. Huh. I mean, it's, it's in, it's in, you know, somewhat line with, the premise of uh, Wild at Heart, but this is a more recent book called The Comfort Crisis. Um, anyway, the main point of one of these massive physical challenges is to spend like half your year or more preparing for it. So I did not check that half of the box. Mm-hmm. Instead, I decided on a Tuesday afternoon, I'm going to go rim to rim on Thursday. Uh, and then I did. Which is awesome. I'm very proud of you. <laughs> but going back to the name of that book... The comfort crisis. Yeah, I think I, I think I can yeah, give I mean, you a synopsis exactly of what the thing. book is about. It's uh, yeah. today's men sit in their cubicles and are real comfortable and soft. D- yeah, right. soft, right? Yeah, with probably getting manicures and pedicures and a major theme of our show. Like if we had a drop down, like you know, menu bar on our website of like the things we talk about, one of the like five at the top row would be softness of modern men or something like and that. it is a crisis because we're living in it and we yeah. see soft men make hard times 
Yep. Maybe we should do the review of the book. But to your point, like this, then I've tried to give it a listen. Then it's pretty well summed up. Like the title, it's all you need to know. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. They nail it. Uh, but yeah, for those who don't know what rim to rim means, it means that there is a 22 long, 22 mile long, um, or 25, depending on which route you take, uh, hiking journey across the Grand Canyon. The main Colorado river runs east to west. Um, and so the bulk of like the biggest part and the majority of the Canyon is is running east to west, but obviously there are lots of tributaries that feed into it fingers that are part of the grand Canyon itself. Right. I mean, if you look at the aerial, the Canyon is a whole bunch of canyons. So there's this finger that runs North from, I guess the grand Canyon village and like the, you know, the visitor center and all that, which is on the South rim. So you drop down the South rim, you go across a, a bridge on, you know, across the Colorado River, and you're at the juncture of Bright Angel Creek and the Colorado River. There's this cool lodge that was built in like the 20s down in the bottom called Phantom Ranch that has like maybe half a dozen or eight or ten cabins and then like a little cantina. You can get a beer down there and get a lemonade. Um, a campground called Bright Angel Campground right there at the end, in, the intersection of the creek and the river. And then you hike up that Bright Angel Creek bed valley canyon to the north end of it to climb up out of the grand canyon to the rim of that side Uh, along the way you go through cottonwood campground and a little place called manzanitas rest area it's got some picnic tables and stuff and at manzanitas is where you start for real climbing back out from that point you have like four miles and like Mm -hmm. four thousand vertical feet to climb um so you drop in over four thousand feet how does that compare to the carson wilderness where we've or the pecos where we've hunted elk oh man i mean like when we're at the river Uh aren't we at like 8500 feet yeah i think that's that's about that it's under it's right at nine and where we would camp is at like 10 4 so we would gain 2000 vertical feet over what three and a half miles yeah this is over 4000 vertical feet like 48 like 4800 vertical feet over the same distance yeah So I mean, sure it's just switchbacks from there. So the worst part is actually the your descent. legs are screaming when you get to the top of that thing. Um, I mean, they're not. No, they're 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 Dull. unconscious. They're on life support. <laughs> they're they're not <laughs> capable of making any noise. They're just like, well, they're like choking on their own vomit. Basically, yeah. is what's actually happening. Now the descent is the worst. So you drop in. There's two trails on the south side. What Ashley and I were supposed to do was go down one of those and up the other, and that's a 17-mile loop. Now, compared to 22, you're like, oh, five miles less. But the difference is those five miles, if you're going rim to rim, include hiking up the Bright Angel Creek. Five, all five, all Basically, all of that mileage is like a very gradual ascent up the creek bed, right? Mm-hmm. So this five-mile shorter route means you go down to the Colorado River and back up. So I'm not sure that it's even any easier, to be fair, but that's what we were supposed to do. Um, and then as we got closer and closer, it was like, how about we walk like a mile down and back up? That'll be cool. And then obviously we bailed and that's when I decided to go rim to rim. So you drop off South Kaibab, which is a seven mile trail with no water on it. Um, there is a bathroom. It's so it's crazy, man. Like if you ever really looked at the Grand Canyon, the photographs in particular, a lot, I think you really can't know unless you, you know, like kind of peel back the onion a little bit is there's the what I call the upper or outer Canyon. And it's the super wide, super dramatic, you know, miles wide, like just crazy expanse that you, most of what the photographs you would see would be right. Yeah. It's like a couple miles wide across the mouth, maybe several, I don't even know, but several, right? Well, so if you're dropping off South South Kaibab, you're going down over 4,000 vertical feet to the river bottom. The first like 3000 of that, is dropping from the very top where the visitor center is down to the bottom of that outer canyon. And then as you're working down, you start to see that there's this knife's edge crevice in the bottom of that. The river is down in there. That's another 1,200 vertical feet. It's hmm. only a few hundred miles wide, a few hundred yards wide once you get down to the river, right? The river has cut like a hard channel 
in the bottom of this big wide expanse. It's a couple hundred yards wide, but so that when you get to the, you know, what at a glance looks like the bottom of the canyon, it's like, no, you actually have like a two more, two and a half more mile, 1200 vertical feet drop down to get to the river. And, you know, you can't see the river itself until you're way more than halfway down all that. Likewise, when you're standing in the bottom of the Grand Canyon, you can't see the actual top is completely out of sight because it's so far back from the rim, the walls you're looking at, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're looking up and you're like, oh, those are really, that's a thousand foot cliff. Yeah, but then it's another 4,000 feet up and like a mile back to get to the very top again. So anyway, the first mile and a half, my left knee was killing me as my quads basically turned into piano strings. And uh, my left mm. IT band shrunk up, uh, shrunk up like like cheap wool, I guess. So yeah, that meant the next twenty miles, uh, my left knee was screaming at me. Um, got to the bottom, did the river crossing, got in the river for a little bit, iced my knee in the river. Um, then began the hike up the Bright Angel. Which, if that was all of it, if you did the six or seven mile hike up the Bright Angel, it'd be like. 90% of humans could do it. It'd be a what, nice, gentle walk in the park. It's just whoa, a, whoa, whoa. Have you seen what Americans look like, dude? That's I saw some of those Americans in the bottom of that bitch. So, yeah. Like, <sighs> halfway down, I was walking by people like, I was like, you don't, you shouldn't be here. What are you doing? <laughs> don't be judgy. You're trucking along, man. <laughs> There's some pretty tough, pretty big people out there. Huh. Uh, Yeah, so anyway, I got like halfway, and I started to cramp my left both my calves, both my calves at one point almost knotted up and made me fall down on like the easiest part of the hike. And, you know, it's, it's a 12 hour ordeal, right? I did it in 11 and a half, spent 30 minutes playing in the river. So of course call it 11. My <laughs> actually moving time was like nine and a half oh. in my watch, but, um, the, you got to drink some electrolytes. So I had hiked down with three liters of water plus a 32-inch Nalgene with a package of what's called Tailwind, which is like a sugar and salt uh, and carb electrolyte mix. It's like an expensive Gatorade. We get it. Yeah. I mean, they're souped up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're they're for running marathons, not for, you know, chilling after soccer practice or something like that. But um, they're actually not that expensive either. It's a pouch that you mix up into water, so probably about what a Gatorade costs. Anyway, I had drank one of those. Probably finished it at the bottom, I guess. I think I finished it at the bottom. And refilled that. Should have refilled my bladder. I didn't think about it because, like I said, five miles from there is the next campground, and there's water along the way, right? So I got to hoofing again, ran across across this poor, poor girl like a quarter of a mile from the lodge down there who had gone up Bright Angel and was coming back, and I guess she was camping down there, and she was in bad shape. She was like, how much farther until Phantom Ranch? I was Death. like, oh, like 400 <laughs> yards back there. She's like, I've been I've been out of water for a little bit, and I was like, here, drink some of this. Thankfully, she I tried to get her to finish off my electrolyte mix, and she, she wouldn't, which was really good because I had half a bottle left when I started cramping. And it took me a minute. I was like, dude, I don't know how I'm going to get out of here if my calves are already cramping and I'm 12 miles in. Oh, shit. And I was like, because I didn't really do a whole lot of electrolytes when I ran my marathon. Mm-hmm. In fact, I don't think I did any. I think I took some I, I took some goos, which are they have a lot of salt and stuff in them, like the you know, little energy pouch type thing. Um, But that's a whole different animal. Anyway. I finished off that half bottle, and within 10 minutes, the cramping subsided, and I was like, all right, I got to get a lot of electrolytes in me between here and the top of this damn thing. So right about then, I, f- I also had ran out of my bladder water, but I was good to go until I got to the campground, Cottonwood Campground, filled up my bladder, hammered two uh, of those Nalgene's with the electrolyte mix, and then mixed up another with a double shot. And so I had my three liters filled back up, a double shot of electrolytes in my in my Nalgene, and from there, like six miles left, and again, like forty five hundred vertical feet at least. Piece of cake, you got it. Yeah, so it's a six thousand total. Actually, I think it's like sixty seven hundred feet you climb out. Um, twelve hundred of that is this five mile gradual walk, and then the rest of it's all basically straight up. Um, 
thankfully the cramping was basically over with, but I mean, when I tell you like everything hurt, you know, you keep climbing, you keep climbing your ship, your steps shrink down to like a foot at a time. Um, (laughs) it was dark, dark, dark. It got dark on reminds me of, I haven't, it reminds me of the two mile hike back to the tent after we elk hunt all day when you're just straight up. Oh, and if you don't think that I was relying on that for like, I mean, I thought about that a lot. I thought about that before the hunt. I was like, all right, that was like a 3000 foot hike. We did it. We've done it. I don't know what a dozen times at least. I was like, I got to go twice that far once. I can do that. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Right after that, the worst part of the day of of, of our New Mexico elk hunting is knowing you've busted your butt all day long. And then when it's all said and done to get back to the tent is like 3,000 vertical feet straight up. Maybe next time you'll you'll listen and we'll camp down low. Probably not. Yeah. Uh, Remember when we got busted and you were like, damn, we should have done what you said. But anyway, Mm. I'll wrap it up. So the. You, you go through this Manzanitas rest area, and from there, it's like four and a half miles, basically straight up. And I don't even know. I, I heard it's over 70 switchbacks. Um, But I got to, so there's a, at about a mile and a half, you, you cross a footbridge across like, even as you go up that canyon, there's little tributaries that feed it, right? So as you're switchbacking and stuff, a couple of times you actually cross the canyon way up high. And I get across it on the ground. Keep it, keep it in mind, at this point, it's like nine o'clock at night. I've been hiking for two plus hours in the dark. Um, and I'm by myself because my crew was supposed to go rim to rim to rim, meaning across and then back again. So they left it. They were going to leave at three o'clock in the afternoon and do most of the hike in the dark because the hottest part of the hike is that creek. It's called mm. the box. You're like literally like walls that are you know 80 yards wide or something like that <clears throat> so it can get pretty hot down there and i didn't want to miss over half the canyon in the dark so i left at 11 a.m myself and got the majority of the hike in um but the whole climb out at the very end was all in the dark so i, shot, I get across the footbridge a mile and a half from the top and i see a sign leaned against the wall on the far side on the ground level that says basically from here to the very top of the to the north rim you will encounter poor tra- uh poor trail maintenance conditions, because uh. of yeah poor trail conditions because of severe ice damage last winter and so during the weekdays during working hours there will be trail crews doing the maintenance so watch out for them give them the right of way watch out for rock slides because it was actually rock slides that caused all this so it's like you got to be kidding me, dude. I can <laughs> barely walk. I've got a mile and a half straight up left. And now I'm worried about rock slides and trail damage, right? Beautiful. Yeah. Sure enough, man. I, I, I don't get far from there and I come across some rubble in the footpath, right? And I'm on a, I mean, I'm on a, a wall. I'm on a cliff on a four foot wide, to maybe five, maybe five feet wide pathway. It's there are times I, where what I was friends with and like uh you could say girlfriend we were, we liked each other it was like third fourth grade but I would go we would hang out at each other's houses um and my brother and her brother were in the same grade so anyway her neighbor's dad had fallen off of somewhere in the Grand Canyon and died holy shit yeah <laughs> and, 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 and it, like I don't even remember her neighbors I remember the girl's name, Jody Kaysen, but I don't remember the the neighbor, but I remember like she was around and no, and one, I don't know how it came about. Was it was like, where's, you know, I've met her mom. Where's her dad? And it's like, he's dead. He fell off the grand Canyon. <laughs> yeah. Not like threw himself off, like slipped and fell. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So maybe he didn't read the sign way up there. You know, I would turn my head to, whichever direction it would be right or left and either see some like trees and shrubbery growing out of the cliffside and know, okay, I got something to break my fall, maybe even a a slope in certain areas, you know, but the other half the time I would turn my lamp and shine it off and just see black abyss. I know that it could be 2000 feet. I have no idea how far down it is, but 
but I don't see anything to stop me. If I fall, I will die. And I got to this point where there were some uh, several, several points from in that last mile and a half where there would be debris in the trail, not any big boulders or anything, just because they'd been working on it all summer, right? People had been doing the hike all summer, but you know, some rocks in the trail. And I looked up at one point and saw where there were rocks that had slidden down. There were still rocks like up above my head and they had taken and they had notched off the edge of the trail. So the trail had like a scallop and it went from four to five feet wide to three feet, three, three feet wide with a bunch of crap in the middle of it. And I mean, I'm telling you, dude, like your legs are not fully functional anymore <laughs> at that point. Right. So I just kept praying. I had to look it up after the fact, but it was Psalm 40 uh, verse two, which is basically he plants my feet on solid ground and steadies my, uh, the second part I, I didn't fully remember, but it was spot on looking back at it. Uh, he's and steadies me as I walk along the path. I just kept praying that and Philippians four thirteen, like on loop as I hiked up out of there, um, passed a gentleman at the top, uh, or came upon a gentleman near the top, older guy. He's standing there. I'm like, you doing all right, man? You know, and he's, uh, can I help in any way? He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm doing fine. I was supposed to go rim to rim to rim. I'm not going to, I'm just going to get up to the top, but my headlamp's dead. So I'm going like snail's pace. I go, dude, I got an extra headlamp here. Take it. So meet me at the top, which he did about 10 minutes after I got there, probably. And the beautiful thing is the North Rim Lodge, which anybody who wants to check out the Grand Canyon plan to spend a night or two at the North Rim Lodge. It's hard to get to. It's several hours from Flagstaff. It's further even from Las Vegas. It's 15 miles as the crow crow flies from the Grand Canyon Visitor Center, but takes four hours by car to get there because you have to go around the Grand Canyon. Mm. But it's up at 8,200 vertical. It's it's like 8,200 feet, so it's in like alpine forest. And you can see the whole canyon from there. It's the high side. And the lodge is basically a castle that sits on the edge of the world. It's so rad. And there's just hikers coming in and out all night long. And they'll just let you flop on a couch for the night while you wait for the shuttle. But it's two and a half miles from the North Kaibab Trailhead after you've climbed 6,000 feet. I mean, it's a blacktop road and it's relatively flat, right? You're up on the rim now, but. He got up there, gave me my lamp back. He made a quick phone call, and like as he's doing it, headlights turn on behind me, and he had two buddies picking him up in a in a transport van. They were sitting there at the trailhead. He's like, "Come jump in with us," and I was like, "Hell yeah!" <laughs> so I had a heated, warm ride with these really nice guys from the Philadelphia, New Jersey area, uh, all Christians. The one guy's son was uh, doing mission work here in San Marcos, and a bunch of them had Texas ties. They were super cool. Uh, my crew, was, they started. They ended up being three hours behind me. One of the guys showed up at 1.30. Uh, he's the guy I did the triathlon with last year and runs every day, all the time. 50-year-old, like, like elite amateur endurance guy. He got to that Manzanitas place four miles from the top and ran the rest of the way. At one point, hitting a sub nine-and-a-half-minute clip. For real, he was literally a dead man walking when he got to the top he lost his mind and just like sprinted i was like even on those hairpin turns where the trail was like three four feet wide and he was like yeah i was like you're a psychopath which mm. he is the rest of the guys got there at 3 30 and then we watched the most radical sunrise you've ever seen uh got to see the trail even before the sun came up you could see the headlamp headlamps and the campsites dotting the the canyon bottom and then the far south rim South Kaibab Trail, which is a knife's edge you traverse down to get to the bottom, it's got these red beacon lights down it. So, like, between the red beacon lights and then all the lighting of the campground and people's headlamps, you could, in the middle of the night, with the Milky Way above, see what we had just did. It was freaking cool. Um, And I'm still fairly sore. So, what worth it, though. Totally worth it. My watch does the little recovery score thing every morning, right? Uh For three straight days, I had a one out of a hundred. Today, I was up to 30. I have done, well, we did, (laughs) this was the dumbest thing. So the house we stayed at near Flagstaff, um, we were on the edge of the Coconino National Forest. Oh, I'm at a 50, 58 today. It's my training readiness. Mm. The day after the hike, we decided, let's take a little walk through the National Forest. Be good to warm our legs back up, stretch them out real good. 
So four of us hike off into the national forest for a shorty. We get to two miles and we're at the foot of a nice big hill. And we're like, well, the view from up there looks lovely. Let's walk up that. Uh, that no. was 8,000 feet when we got to the top of it. I mean, we were already at seven or whatever. I don't know. I mean, it wasn't, we didn't, it wasn't a huge climb. <clears throat> but man, walking back from the top of that knoll two miles back to the house, I was so close to just sitting down and saying, guys, you're going to have to bring the truck back because it was four service roads, you know? <laughs> I, I, my knee three times just buckled that outer tendon. You want to go to the doctor. Nah, it's I don't. It's nothing structural. I know exactly what it is. It's my IT band was so tight and so inflamed. It was that pulling on the outside of my knee. But uh, yeah, it still hurts to touch right now. So overdid it. Mm-hmm. Overdid it. Didn't need to do that that day. Yeah. Well, it sounds like an awesome time. We uh we had fall break here and took the kids to Caddo Lake State Park. Oh yeah, the only uh, natural lake in Texas. Which is weird. I was reading about it historically. It it formed like the big cypress swamp, I think is what it's called. The lake formed in like the late 1800s because of log jams in the, the Red River. I think it was the Red River. Uh, but yeah. Sabine. So this, Probably the Sabine, right? Yeah, dude. At the sign, I remember reading the sign at the visitor center. It said Red River. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Could be wrong. But yeah. So these log jams caused all these swamps and sloughs to flood and permanently created Texas only natural lake which super cool like you you go into this it's like a time warp where you it's just all these huge cypress trees with moss on them we rented canoes the kids loved it um yeah did a campfires hiking bb guns kickball there's some decent hiking around there yeah there's some nice trails we did it like like foresty mile. trails, I guess. Not obviously not hilly at all. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah. Uh, There's nothing cooler than big, huge, ancient cypress trees growing out of water. Mm-hmm. Like said, with moss hanging off of them, that's just such a neat looking. Where do you draw the line on camping versus glamping? Like, what makes the difference? Because mm-hmm. they had cabins there. We didn't rent them. We were tent camping, but we had blow up. I mean, if you have a camp, if if you're in a cabin, you're you're not camping. Right. right, that's glamping. You have to be in a tent. What if you have blow up mattresses though? That's not glamping. That's okay. that's 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 um that's well appointed camping, I would say. Yeah. Glamping, I think, pretty much has to have like central heat and air. Okay. Right. If if you've got air conditioning and or heating, then you're gl- and it's not like, you know, a uh one of those little uh sterno. It's not like a sterno can you're heating up your tent with. Right. right that then for sure at that point you're you're in the, at least the bottom echelon of glamping that'd be my take so we were still camping central heat in there or some yeah. kind of heating in there yeah so we're in a cabin or no 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 we were we had my Tents. zodiac canvas tent yeah yeah could fit two blow up mattresses and then my cot henry slept on the cot so yeah it was nice, nice. good times uh we didn't have fall break when i was a kid Neither did we, but it's a th- definitely a thing everywhere now. Yeah. So nice little getaway. Um, we got to talk about, well, there's some things we got. We don't have a lot of time today. It's going to be a short show, but uh, Putin, did you, did you know he's like terminally ill? Dude, they've been saying that since this Ukraine thing yeah, started. Yeah, but it's everywhere now. Like all of it's, yeah, it was pretty, pretty well spoken of a year and a half ago too, but well, I never saw it. So I, at some point, he'll die. Know, what I'm reading now is they're looking for his replacement, and even consider they considered like uh, doing like a body double just to like keep him. The oh, I th- I'm pretty sure we've probably been seeing a body double from you know at times if he really has had cancer this whole time. We got to share the brilliance that is Tombstone with a 50 year old friend of ours who had never seen it hmm. Saturday night in yeah in Flagstaff, which one of his best friends who they've been friends What's for wrong with that dude. dude we're, we're about to leave Thursday morning for the Canyon and we're sitting around the kitchen table and somebody quotes tombstone and I quote tombstone. And then at some point Joe's like, what are y'all talking about? We're like, what? You know, record scratch. Right. And then, so Blake comes in, who's like Joe's best friend. And Blake goes, he hears us explaining lines from tombstone. He goes, who in here hasn't seen tombstone? And I was like, that guy. And then it happened to come on. It was on CMT Saturday night. So we're like, perfect. But this thing that sucks is it was like, it was crap. It was heavily edited. 
They were cutting out whole scenes, dude. Like whole very mm. important scenes. It was awful. I was like, That's you have to watch this again when you get home. But my point in all that is there's a scene there where uh you know where Doc has been whipping up on on um oh man, what's the what's the ridiculous guy's name that's such a pan you know that that talks all tough and then backs down every time? Um it's on the tip of my tongue. You know what I'm talking about, right? McClowry mm. or Clanton. The one that he ends up shooting? No, at the end he takes his sash off and he lets it go. They never kill him. Oh. But oh, he's yeah, Ike. Yeah. Right? Ike. Yeah. Ike Clanton, I think. Yeah, Ike Clanton. Uh, he's walking out of the bar, and he's like, what's wrong with him? And the bartender tells him longer, and he goes, oh, yeah? I hope you die. That's what I thought of when you brought up Putin being sick. But I don't actually hope anybody dies. But, yeah, the world might be a better place. So, you know, at some point he will. Now we'll see how that affects the uh, U.S. military-industrial complex going forward. But we've got a new war now, Chisholm. We, got, we, got, we can send... A lot of bombs and missiles and tanks and stuff to Israel. So I was in the woods when all of this started and not really. I mean, I did a little reading, but was pretty detached from all media and cell and everything else. It was nice. But apparently, you know, in the Gaza Strip historically is this, uh, fought, this place that Israelis and Palestinians have fought over historically yeah. forever. Uh, but I guess the Palestinians have had it control of it since 2007. And uh, I, I, my understanding is they, they were just an unprovoked attack by Hamas, the terrorist group that killed a lot of Israeli citizens. Yeah. Like uh, the body count now is 1,200 Israelis and like 1,100 Palestinians. Do they have a ticker on CNN at the at the bottom like they did for COVID, where the you know the Hamas attack death count? No, Actually, it probably CNN wouldn't be on CNN because CNN, CNN likes doesn't Hamas. Call Hamas uh, Fox. Would definitely. I'm sorry. Let me let me. They call is there a ticker on the bottom of Fox News that's counting up the Israeli death count? There should be. I bet there is. I bet there's a Chiron on Fox News as we speak. That's continuous. Maybe it's not like a rolling ticker like they were doing with COVID because, you know. Mm -hmm. That's so crazy that they did that. Yeah. It's like the live scoring update of COVID. I bet I would would bet my house that every five minutes at a bare minimum. And truthfully, I think all the other ones are too. But for sure, Fox News is updating its audience every five minutes for 24 straight hours on how many people have died, whether the number has changed or not. If Mitch McConnell has any like cognitive uh, brain function left, he's got to be like, "Woo, we're gonna make some money." Okay, so I, <laughs> I did want to get your take before I before I uh, went all conspiracy theory ish on it, but it sounds like you feel that this is um, amazing coincidental timing. Is that fair? Yeah, like for I mean, by that I mean like a week before you and I's great adventure when all this hell started, uh, was when there was a mutiny in the House of Representatives over Ukraine funding that led to the ouster of Republican former Speaker uh, McCarthy. Yeah, all all over Ukraine funding, so they they passed a budget without any additional Ukraine funding at least for the moment. And what, less than a week later, our single biggest ally gets attacked? Our single how biggest ally. How are they our single biggest ally? This little tiny Dude, we country. We created Israel. This little tiny country in the Middle East. But, but okay. You know, first of all, we created Israel, right? Right, because we needed an ally in the Middle East. So we created one. No, 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 no. Because we had to, some for some reason, the United States had to atone for what the Germans did to them, to the Jews during World War II, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the United States had to atone by creating, yeah, an outpost basically in the Middle East of a bunch of people that are generally hated by Middle Easterners. Wait, mm. oh, I'm sorry, you were right because we needed to have a, a big ass base in the middle of the Middle East. Right. Um, listen, <clears throat> as a Christian, I support Jews. I support their uh, inhabitants of, you know, the the land God gave them. Um. Two things can be true at once. I can say that this is a vile, terrible thing. I can say that I actually do support Israel as an independent state, but also say, 
I'm quite shocked they didn't know this was coming, as is the rest of the world. The media is even acknowledging, man, the Israeli defense found, uh, not, what is it? IDF is force. The Israeli defense force and, uh, is it Mossad, right? That's the name of their yeah. like intelligence agency. Yeah. If you've read kind of like books, you know about Mossad. Right. They're like at least as good as the CIA at this stuff, yeah. if not better. But I think right? they like, actually still do like, uh, surveillance and intel unlike the cia which is like just a complete bullshit organization at this point. yeah all they do is like color revolutions and you know overseas effery but they stage <laughs> january 6th stuff right Mossad is a little too busy trying to keep from getting keep their citizens from getting murdered by the palestinians right america is more which like let's recently. go murder somebody else right uh take the war everywhere but here so, right, here they failed, and they even have former IDF and Mossad personnel coming out being like, dude, we used to know when cats were walking down that fence. I don't understand how this happened, right? And so what what exactly happened? The Hamas went in and, like, killed people in the in their beds, murdered entire families, and were... And they also sent missiles yeah. in? Like, what so happened there was, exactly? So, dude, there was, like, a coordinated attack on, like, at least three levels as of what I learned this this morning from my rabbi who goes to Israel, like, on an annual basis and was just there a couple months ago and has lots of friends there, some of whom are on his board of directors. So there is this fence that keeps, I guess, I guess it runs the West Bank, right? It's called keeps, the border, right? We should have one of those. <laughs> There's this very, very, very highly monitored <laughs> and surveilled fence slash wall slash border that has uh, surveillance, you know, outposts every however many yards, meters, whatever. So there was a coordinated attack where they took out like, I don't remember the number, but call it half a dozen, a whole bunch of these surveillance posts somehow while launching rockets over the border. And also sending in a wave of ground force terrorists all at one time. So apparently the rockets are a joke. Like 90% of them fall uselessly in the desert. Um, well, the ones Israel sending back are not a joke. I've seen some of the right. Buildings. Yeah, no, because the Israelis in the United States make all the shit. Yeah. Like if it's the best in the world, one of us is making it. And and we're like this, bro. So yeah, yeah. Whatever we got, they got. And I have a feeling the Israelis have some shit we don't have. They're bad, uh, badass. I mean, um, did I ever tell you, you about the to guy be, to have this little to be this little postage stamp of a country surrounded by people who want to eradicate your entire religion? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, you got to be pretty bad MFers for sure, just to post up and hang there. To exist there. So, um, so the rockets are kind of a joke, but even though if any of them that do make it like into Jerusalem, it's kind of funny. And this is where like the propaganda machine just makes me insane. The I asked him, I was like, so as often as these rocket attacks happen, like when you go to Jerusalem, are you looking around at blown up building, you know, burned out buildings? All the, he's like, no. It's like the vast majority never meet, hit the city. Those that do never hit anything of any importance. It's like, are they really trying that hard? I don't, I don't, you know, like, but you know, the the Palestinians also claim large sections of Jerusalem as their own territory, right? As part of well, this, somehow they've killed twelve hundred people, including twenty. They killed a Americans. bunch of people at an outdoor concert event. In this, in this, like they they clearly they picked With, this outdoor. They event. Shot them, or what did they do? Lots of stuff. Yeah, shot them supposedly kidnapped someone beheaded them i heard about a grandma that was beheaded or something like that right okay, you remember so a year ago you remember a year ago when videos and footage of bad things happening in ukraine would come out and then very quickly some internet wise guy would find video of the exact exact same footage from like 2014 or even as far back as 2019 not even in Ukraine and some other part of the world. Remember all that? Mm -hmm. Like, that's a fact. All of the major American news organizations were showing us footage and videos of old conflicts. Sometimes, remember like the ones where you could actually tell that the, the rifle that these people were holding was like, was fake. It was actually like a cardboard cutout. You remember that? 
<laughs> That's for real. Right? When I hear the stories about Granny getting decapitated, if that happened, I sure hope you know, may the Lord bless that woman's soul and I pray for her family. I'm skeptical. I'm going to leave it at that. Are you skeptical Every one of these 1,200 people have been killed? Absolutely. Yes. I don't buy that. No, I don't. I have no reason to believe that number. It may be true. It's a coin flip at best to me. Everything they're telling us about this dude, I every bit of it. Anytime the entire United Is there not States video footage of them coming into this concert, I'm sure there's got to be somewhere. I just haven't told you why the why do you trust vi just because it's video footage? I, it's happening well, on the other side of the planet, dude. And we already established what the actual they're going to make money from this. A lot. Right? A lot. The Americans are over Ukraine and no longer willing to fund it. We had 20 years of war in Afghanistan and Iraq. And within a year of that ending, not even within a year, within six months of that ending, oh, we're selling bombs to Ukraine. Oh, over a military conflict that we started when we executed a coup nine years ago. Oh, and Americans are tired a year and a half in of spending the money on that. Hey, oh, and Zelensky war. said that he can't host, host an election because of the conflict. <laughs> it's, it's a neat, neat Insert trick. dictator here. Okay. Yeah. Huh. So, so, yeah, um, so a neat trick. Yes. Yeah, so that ended. Americans are over Ukraine. All, every, everything they're telling us right now is not about providing Americans with facts. It's about two things. It's about stoking our emotions so that we'll pay for anything and distracting us from how our government is burning down from the inside, right? Because so, you know what we haven't talked about in two weeks? Biden's atrocious poll numbers. The fact that Biden's now getting his ass stomped by Trump in polls, right? Yeah. Hell, we're not even talking about McCarthy anymore. All we're talking... Well, anytime, anytime American news is pumping wall-to-wall -wall coverage of war into your eyeballs... You should be skeptical skeptical of every single stat and claim they're making, and you should know all they're trying to do is rile you up. Okay, so well, then here's the thing, dude. Lick of attention to the $50 billion checks that they cut every other week. So how? So were people killed by Hamas? Yeah, for sure. I think people were killed. Okay, so was the United States behind that? And if so, then Mossad ain't all it's cracked up to be because the U.S. pulled one over on them. So I'm just Massage Massage's You're, not okay. letting wait, hold on. Is this are you setting me up or I'm, I'm getting your take? Or do you think Israel Israel is just willing to in order because war is good for them too, right? Hey, collateral damage. Sorry, Israeli citizens, but uh, some of y'all y'all gonna be dead. So we've talked about Operation Northwoods before. Yes, we have Operation we're, Northwoods is a documented is this we're gonna shoot down the airplane and blame mm -hmm. Cuba? Yeah. Right. A documented conspiracy of the Joint Chiefs of Staff in the early 1960s, where they presented to John F. Kennedy Jr. a plan to shoot down an American airliner and blame it on the Cubans so we could go to war and invade Cuba. Hmm. That's real. And then 40 years later, an American airliner crashed, two American airliners crashed in the World Trade Center, and we went to war for 20 years. Oh, and by the way, our CIA knew that was coming. I'm not sitting here telling you we took the Twin Towers down or that we even let it happen. <clears throat> but it's been proven we knew about it. The Bush administration knew about it. And the Clinton administration knew right before they left office that a massive attack on U.S. soil was being plotted by Al-Qaeda. And from what I've heard, Mossad had been warned by the, Egypt by the Egyptians or the Saudis? I think the Saudis. So your answer to the, the, the long answer to the short question is, yes, Israel was willing to uh, throw some citizens to the wolves here as part of the... Clearly, they didn't take the intel seriously enough yeah. to figure out how to thwart the effort. Well, you know. And now they're at war. So, yeah, no, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And the Palestinians never, never let a crisis go to too, waste. Because I've seen the buildings... Uh, well, you know, those could be old photos from, uh, I don't know, Burkina Faso, for all we know, or uh, 
What is the, uh, what is that other, there's a movie about it. Um, that other place. Syria. It might have been Syria. in Africa. No, was it Syria? Yeah, but what is the capital of Syria? Benin? I don't, I don't know. Oh. But I mean, you, you see these war-torn you... cities. I, I tend to believe that those are real pictures because, hey, we've, we're making all these missiles now and we're, we're sending the missiles and we're, you know, all this money's coming in, so we better be blowing some shit up. Dude, some of them are real, some of them are fake. I, you have to understand, like, I'm not taking a definitive position either way on any one single picture, one single claim. I'm just saying every single bit of it is questionable at best. And there are absolutely some fake photos and videos being provided, or at least retread, repackaged photos and videos being provided. And there are absolutely some, there is absolutely some effery with the numbers being cited and the specific, dude, anytime they're telling you they cut off an old lady's head, all they're trying to do is get you riled up. Right. That's all that is. That is pure. Uh, that's true. But we know terrorist groups will cut off an old lady's head. Like they'll. I'm do not that. saying they won't. But that's. But the only that. reason they're telling you that is for the sheer terror porn aspect of keeping you focused on the not in this case bright shiny object, the bloody gory red object. Yeah. Which I haven't even read again. that article. You know where I heard that on the ticket they were referencing that. So of course they're playing right into their hands. Yeah, dude. They work for Cumulus, right? Like. They're part of the machine. Are you good to go, Pat? Go more than ten more minutes because I I am. Uh, no, I got a. Oh, you got a interview with Ducks Unlimited right. at one. Yeah. Um. Well, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out and how long that they'll drag this war out. Because to me, that it doesn't seem like there's ever any resolution to this ongoing conflict over the Gaza Strip. It just it's we have these uh, little skirmishes every few years. This one seems like maybe it's a little more intense. I don't buy that part at all. But, the, like but the, said, isn't you... the end game the same, though? They go back over there. We go back over here. We still hate each other. Yeah. And then in a few years, we can do it all again. Yeah, Hamas will realize very shortly, oh, yeah, we're basically cave people fighting fighting a nation that has the Iron Dome. That was, I was getting at a minute ago. It was like the the rockets that don't fall impotently in the desert, yeah. they get smacked by the iron dome. I was going to mm -hmm. mention this. I think I can't remember if I said it on the show before, but I'm, I have an associate. I'll leave it at that. Who is a backer of a company. Do you know anything about quantum computing? Eh, it's been a long time since I've discussed that. Suffice it to say that qu quantum computing is the future. Mm-hmm. Literally, one of the companies that's building quantum computing technology, a Canadian outfit called, I think, um, D-Wave, claims that what they're actually able to do through quantum mechanics is tap into the energy potential in space of of like parallel dimensions. It's sci-fi crazy shit. Okay, Yeah, it's part of Jack Carr's... It's, yeah, it's in his... He books. talks about it in there? Yeah, yeah. So I happen to know a guy who is the financier for a company that is building the connection infrastructure basically basically the the intra internet pipelines for quantum computing um he's got a team of like caltech scientists that are working on this project he has uh contracts with the department of defense and the doe and nasa and all these outfits and he had to go through sec approval to buy a crystal manufacturing company from Israel, Jerusalem, actually, if I'm not mistaken, because an Israeli company manufactures the special crystals necessary to build the interweb of quantum computing. Hmm. Tell me that does not sound like a comic book. The Jews are making special jewels with like, with like Marvel power. Like Marvel comic power. That's all straight. That's like the this truth. Is, but he owns it. When now. I when I think of quantum computing, I think of this is when the computers take over the world. Yeah, what you maybe ought to be thinking is maybe they already have. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. If they haven't taken over the world already, they certainly manipulate and dictate our daily lives. Look, dude, your brain is already plugged into the matrix, and that's all there is to it. 
all of this is just a simulation. All right. Well, let's end the day with a, a little bit of humor here. Our turn. I mean it sincerely. It gets a more little. You get more legs when you're reporting something's negative. I don't mean. I don't mean you're picking on me. I'm just the nature of things. You turn on the television, and there's not a whole lot about boy saves dog as he swims in the lake. You know, to say you know it's about you know somebody pushed the dog in the lake. I mean, I, I, I get it, but. <laughs> This is Biden on the economy. <laughs> just listen to what's going on around the world. There's reason for people to be concerned. There's reason for people to be concerned what's going on. Yeah, you're president. In Russia, there's reason to be concerned about what's going on in other parts of the world. I think that in fact, the president of the United States the can't American speak. People are smart as hell and know what their interests are i think they know no he doesn't know diddly squat that was his answer when asked about the state of the economy probably going you know the reporter was probably referencing those polls that you were uh you alluded to a minute ago but uh he said and i had to cut it off there but uh, he wrapped it up with saying i think americans know they're better off financially than they were before it's a fact yeah everybody knows he's right he thinks he thinks they do and you know he's he's got to be right everybody joe biden Mm -hmm. or dementia joe biden either way yeah either way they can't run him again i love how they can just keep saying that like yeah well we said it so therefore it's true i mean again we should do this sometime. We should rank the most 1984 aspects of modern life. Because that right there, the idea that they'll just keep telling you that inflation is no big deal, that the economy is the best it's ever been, you know, whatever. We created like, all these new jobs. Well, that's because people were laid off because of you. Yeah. Mm. We create uh, recreated jobs that went away during COVID is what you did. Men can have for that. men can have babies like the, the, mm. the yeah the two plus two equals five thing is so ever present everywhere. All right, we got to go. That's going to we're never at war in Afghanistan. We've always been at war with Ukraine. Wait, hmm. we've never been at war with Ukraine. We've always been at war in against Hamas. In remember those two uh, allied with Israel. Those two awesome veterans we had on. Were they SEALs? Uh, Marines. Marines. Three or three. And, and they said all they did while they were in Afghanistan was guard poppy fields. Guard the poppies. Mm. And black so. duffel bags coming in and out in black SUVs. It ain't what it seems. Well, it's going to do it for episode 143 of Justified Pursuit for Chisholm Cook. I'm Cable Smith. Thanks for tuning in. And we will see you guys next week. Money for bombs. For all the journalists and sick of fans, we'll